Welcome to Season 4 of the M-W Tactical Podcast. Sit back and enjoy the conversations of Rockstar Burst and myself, Michael Woodland, as we discuss the sport of shooting, goals, training, community matters, and everyday life. You are listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. All right, good people. We're back at it again. And thank you for coming to and sitting with us for another installation of the M-W Tactical Podcast. This week's show is brought to you in part by DivTech. DivTech is a company that makes magnets for all your competition needs. So I am new to using a magnet for competition and it makes the process of me making ready and the various options I can do when I'm on the range doing a competition with the magnet so much more easier. So if you will, head on over to DivTech Shop. And you can find them on Instagram and Facebook as well. And send them a message and tell them you heard about them through the M-W Tactical Podcast. And the owner, Nate, that is an awesome person. And you'll be surprised with the conversations you will have with him about the DevTech Magnet. Thank you for everybody who listens to the M-W Tactical Podcast. So we actually got the the email opened up and there was a ton of emails in there and I haven't had a chance to go through all of them yet, but I did talk with rockstar a little bit about some of the emails that I got. And, um, we just laughed at some of that stuff, (laughs) you know, but now also remember if you catch the M dash W tactical podcast on the YouTube channel, go ahead and hit that subscribe button give us a like or dislike, but more importantly, share the M-W tactical channel with your friends, loved ones, and anyone you know who are into firearms in any type way. Also remember that once the channel channel hits 1,000 subscribers, we will be doing a giveaway. So we're almost there. So um, I don't know what the count is exactly right now, but I know we're close to 1,000 because I can feel it in my bones. So Go ahead and um, share, subscribe, and let's get this channel up to 1,000 so we can do this giveaway. I'm excited because, you know, I like to give stuff away sometimes. And if you're listening to us on your favorite streaming platform, do the same thing. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button so you can be notified of whenever a new podcast is released. An important note about the streaming service, if you are on Spotify, The M-W Tactical podcast is on Spotify as video as well. So you can actually see what I'm doing as you listen to the podcast. You can also do the same thing on YouTube, but Spotify is trying to up their game a little bit. So let's go ahead and um, help them out. right. So share that with your friends and loved ones as well. But most importantly, you all know how the show goes. And I nag Rockstar. So if last week you heard us talking, you know, I asked her to look at a program. I had to look over her shoulder to make sure she was watching the program. So she was. So even though it's cold, I'm not stopping the troll. Right? I'm going to troll her until she just said, I can't take no more. <laughs> you know, but without further ado, let's bring forth the lovely, 
the co-host of the M-W Tactical Podcast, Rockstar. What's going on there with you there, Miss Rockstar? Hey, it's going well. It's been a busy week full of all sorts of adventures, but uh, things are things are good. Holding down the fort here in Milwaukee. <laughs> well, as I told you the other day when we was talking, whatever you need to do, get this cold from South Carolina and take it back up north because <laughs> this ain't cool. No, I'm tired. I'm tired of it. <laughs> Yeah, this weather is crazy, and this past weekend, they're saying we're supposed to get a blizzard-type winter or something, however they worded it. It sounded scary how they worded it, but um, <laughs> snow here in South Carolina, it's an excitement for a lot of people because a lot of people who never left the state of South Carolina, never seen snow, probably what once in 10 years maybe or something like that i'm exaggerating that number but it's an excitement for them until they actually have to deal with the elements of that weather <laughs> whereas it's a norm for you and you like uh whatever i can drive in that i can do this it don't bother me me Mm-mm. no <laughs> you can write a book and a meme and a gif and everything <laughs> else you want to do with it <laughs> so you'll be hibernating <laughs> yes pretty much pretty much yeah, I'll be reading my books and uh, watching YouTube videos. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, you can't, can't argue with that one. But outside of that, um, how has your week been? Like um, anything exciting happened? Because I haven't heard your mom bake anything as of recently. So, you know, what's going on with that? I know. Yeah, we're all, we're all detoxing from Christmas. We had sugar. <laughs> So what y'all do, taking extra laps around the block and <laughs> doing the treadmill. <laughs> yes, I know. I did stop by there um, yesterday and I did some, my, my dad loves chocolate chip cookies and oatmeal raisin. I don't like oatmeal raisin, but mm. that's his favorite. And I did see that my mom had made some cookies, presumably for my dad. So nice. I didn't eat any. I was tempted. But I'm like, I can't have, I've had so much sugar in the last two months. <laughs> wow. Well, I've already broke one of my New Year resolutions and the month of January is over, in a sense of speaking. But um, I went back to chocolate covered peanuts. <laughs> and I don't know what my problem is, but I should not be going through eight bags of chocolate covered peanuts for the month. <laughs> Maybe two, but not eight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hold on now. I've been working out semi <laughs> and the eight bags of chocolate covered peanuts is going against the, the plan here. It's going against the plan, but those things are delicious. <laughs> you know, and I'm having a hard time finding them, but I think I found a supplier. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give a shout out to Publix for <laughs> you know, supplying the shelves with the chocolate covered peanuts. <laughs> to see if they can sponsor you <laughs> hey, you might have to do something i have to get some stock in it <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but you know i go through like my candy fetishes um like every so often yeah. and i have a friend of mine her name is easter and she's a black belt at the gym that i go to with jiu-jitsu and also the same person that does um my tattoo that um i have on me 
And when we was doing the tattoo, and this was maybe, what, four years ago, five years ago, maybe. Um, I was hungry <laughs> when we was doing the tattoo, and she was a little hungry also. Because um, I, I think however it was, I either just got off of work and went to her or got back in town. But it was something work-related, and then I went straight to her. And I'm sitting there hungry, and then she was like, I got some of this chocolate right here. You want to try it? And I was like, yeah, it won't hurt anything. And then that opened up the floodgates for me eating chocolate again. And at that point, I didn't eat chocolate for maybe two years. Wow. Yeah, and she opened that door. So every time I see her, I always give her a hard time about that. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, what's your favorite candy? My favorite candy is gummies. Mm. So... um. When I was over in Germany, but the gummy started before Germany because, you know, I was just doing like the gummy bears, the gummy worms. But in the military, when you go into the shopette, they got like, um, I call it the cheaper brand of candy. I think it was called American Patriot. But it was sweeter than like the other name brand companies, you know, and it was only a dollar a pack. Also, you got like a lot of them in there. But when I went over to Germany, um, that company, and I'm going to butcher this name, hey, Harbro, Harry Bro, you know, they, they sell those gummies here, okay. but um, I don't like the gummies from them, right? But they made this other type of gummy that had like a marshmallow bottom, and I don't even know if it was yogurt or marshmallow, but whatever that combination was, it was like a whole bag of that. Man, delicious. Delicious. <laughs> Yeah. When I came back to the States, one of my buddies, um, he stayed over in Germany, okay. you know? So when I came back to the States, I wrote him and I was like, Hey man, can you do this for me? Which was, Hey, I'm going to send you some money. Send me back <laughs> that candy that I like so much. So, um, him and his wife was doing that for me for about a year and a half until they went to, um, wherever they went to next. I think it was, Italy I think they went to so um that chain of supply from Germany kind of expired so <laughs> but the gummies were my favorite candy so if anyone in Germany is listening we gotta get you the hookup <laughs> yes yes I definitely need the hookup <laughs> and actually I need to hook up so bad I was thinking about taking a trip and me traveling you'll never hear me say oh I want to go visit um Europe you know because I think there's um, enough history value in places like South America, you know, or up in Canada even. Um, but I don't think I, I want to go to Europe, but I do want to go back to Germany for the gummies. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, but you know how that goes sometimes. But do you have a favorite candy? Um, oh, that's tough. So I have this theory that, um, like, like candy candies, like hard candies and, you know, like, um, like Jolly Ranchers and gummies and stuff like that. Like men like those better. And then women like chocolate candy better. And that's just purely on like speculation. Cause I have a lot of friends, a lot of guy friends who either don't like candy at all, or if they do, it's like, you know, sweet tarts or suckers or things like that. And they never pick like 
Milky mm. Way or Three Musketeers or stuff like that. So that's just a theory that I have. But right. I I am I don't like candy candy. Like I don't like just like sugary stuff, but I love I love chocolate. So I mean Twix and Snickers and I do like Tootsie Rolls. That's kind of like one that's, you know, I guess kind of a candy-ish, but it's chocolate flavored. Mm. Um so I, I probably Snickers is my favorite candy bar. Um, okay. I haven't had it in a while. But then like when I was a kid, I went for like trick-or-treating. I loved getting those like little hundred grand bars. Those were like my favorite, those and crunch bars were my favorite trick-or-treat candies. But kind of my go-to, I would say, is probably either Snickers or um, Reese's peanut butter cups. Hmm. Okay. Reese's peanut butter cups. No, one thing about chocolate is. I like chocolate frozen. I don't like it room temperature. Oh. Yeah, I like it frozen. So, um, but I've always been like that though. And maybe that's why when I go buy candy out the store, you don't see me going straight for chocolate. I'll go for the gummies. Yeah. Because I like it frozen. Interesting. And you know, I don't like chocolate ice cream and I don't like chocolate cake. I like only really like chocolate candy. I'm the and same now- way. I'm the same yeah. way. I don't. I don't like chocolate milk. Well, I don't like milk. Period. But okay. um, chocolate ice cream. I don't... I'm a Wisconsin girl. How can you not like milk? <laughs> There's a story behind that, and I'll tell oh, you about okay. it on the commercial break. <laughs> but um, I think I stopped drinking milk. I was maybe 12 years old. Okay. And like when I eat cereal, I eat cereal dry. Um, what? You know, I, yeah, I don't like milk <laughs> of course i use it for cooking but i just don't like milk um but i'll tell you that story um after the commercial break though <laughs> <laughs> but let's um the topics that i want to hit up when we do come back from the commercial break is i want to continue that conversation with gun control and part of that conversation is what i said on the intro was about the video i talked about last week that i saw on abc and um as I told you, I was looking over Rockstar's shoulder and she was actually watching the program. So I was actually surprised, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I, I do want to dive into that a little bit more and, you know, get your perspective and what you thought of it. What did you take away from it? Did it piss you off? Did it sound like a resolution? Whatever it may be, I, I just want to sit down and hear your thoughts about that. And then also I want to talk about protection orders. And I never had to deal with anything with a protection order. I know people who had to have an interaction with a protection order, but I don't know anything about protection orders, if that makes sense to you. So I just want to talk to you about that and see what you think and any experiences you have with that in regards. And then I want to talk about um, when to pull out of the holster. You know what I'm saying? Because that split decision can mean a felony rap or defending your life. You know, so that split second could be that fast. But um, but let's go ahead and dive into the commercial break. And then when we get back, let's just jump into it and let's see what we can conquer through this conversation. (laughs) All right. So uh, if you are driving in your vehicles, you already know I'm going to say. Pull your sunglasses down, throw the seat back, put the car on cruise control, turn the volume up a little bit, and here are a few words from our sponsors. 
Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business and I look forward to seeing you soon. Mental Health and Guns. At Walk the Talk America, we are working with both the mental health community and the gun industry. Created by a gun industry veteran, Walk the Talk America seeks to raise awareness and create change through suicide prevention and firearm safety without legislation. We strive to eliminate the prejudice that firearms and mental health face. For more information and to support Walk the Talk America, please visit walkthetalkamerica.org. Hey everyone, John from Outdoor Dynamics here. We're a remanufacturer of ammunition based in Kannapolis, North Carolina. We make everything from 9mm 115 grain to specialized 40 Smith & Wesson. So if you have anything from an open gun to just a standard Glock 19, feel free to reach out to us at outdoordynamics.net or we're on Instagram and Facebook with outdoor.dynamics. And we're always here for you. Happy to answer any questions you have. All right, good people. We're back at it again. And thank you for sitting through that commercial break. And before the commercial break, we actually discussed the topics that we want to go ahead and hit. And the first one of the three that I want to tackle first is, um, well, I'll do it like this. Which topic do you want to hit first there, Rockstar, because you are the lady of the show and I'll let you decide which one you want to go for. Try to be a little bit courteous. Here. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> so between the gun control talk, when to pull out of the holster, and protection orders. So which one of those three you want to hit first? We can start with the gun control talk. I think there were some good takeaways from that um, segment. So that would be, yeah, let's start with that. Okay. So the gun control talk, the week before last, I actually mentioned in regards to what some of the solutions I think will take with gun control. And of course, doing more research online to see what else was new said about gun control. Since I started my talk about gun control, I came across this video um, on ABC. And of course I shared it with everybody last week and I said I was gonna put it in the show notes and I didn't. So it will be in the show notes this week. <laughs> So everybody can actually check it out. Now, part of this, when I was watching this, they was bringing up valid points, you know? So once again, the show is called ABC America Under Fire. And my personal opinion, when I was watching this, it came across to me 
that they was looking at what they call a gun problem. They was coming at it like it was the drug problem. At least that's what it looked like to me because it was the same thing as what I remember watching back in the 90s when they was talking about drugs in America. Now, of course, as I've always stated beforehand, my father always told me, if you come to me with the problem, have a solution, all right? Now, I don't believe that the top is not looking for a viable solution. And everybody is saying, get rid of firearms. That's not going to solve the problem, you know, because I've always said, look at how America was formed. That's why firearms are so relevant here in this country. It's a way of life, <laughs> you know, but on top of that, when you turn around and you look at it, it's also written in the Bill of Rights. That's part of the Constitution, you know, so how do you do this now? How do you look at it? I'm a firm believer in education, right? Educate the people that don't understand firearms to get a clear understanding of it. Because if you get a clear understanding of it, okay, now you would understand it better instead of, oh, this is kills people. And it's not because people still use it as a tool for fun, a means for work, police officers, security guards, competition shooters, you know, um, and then a way of survival. How many people still live off the land? Right. Majority of us don't, but there are still a small percentage of people that do. And some of those old hunting techniques are not relevant today. <laughs> you know, even when you turn around and you look at it. So, um, but just starting off, what was your first impression when you saw this video? So I think it's, um, I don't know. I mean, it's well done in the sense that it's, you know, like a high quality thing, <laughs> but I did find it to be kind of leading in several ways. I think it very much is sort of, it really tries to pull at the emotions of the issue on a lot of the stories. Um, well, not all of them, but some of them. And it really tries to like get at like the emotional side. Um, one of the stories that stuck out to me was um, this gal who survived the King Supers shooting, mm -hmm. <clears throat> which was in Colorado. And, you know, they, they kind of like ask her about how she's doing and, you know, she had to move away and start her life over and she got a tattoo to memorialize the event and all of this stuff. And what really kind of struck me was, that's sort of always kind of the angle on on the gun control debate is it's this instead of this appeal to reason it's this appeal to emotion and to kind of get people um i guess like worked up on oh this person has been hurt this person has been traumatized this person has gone through something really tragic and it involved a firearm but I guess a couple of things. First, there's no guarantee in life that we will go through it unscathed without trauma, without bad things happening to us. Um, 
So I don't think that's a rational way to view the world. And I also don't think that one trauma is necessarily worse than another trauma. And this, I, I kind of feel like how everything is framed, <clears throat> especially around the gun debate is that, you know, gun violence is the worst trauma that somebody can go through. And I don't think that's necessarily true. I, you know, I would love to talk to someone who, you know, whose husband or child was killed in a car accident or someone whose, you know, family member or loved one was, uh, you know, drowned or th there's so many accidents and tragedies and bad things that can happen. And you can't, you know, you can't blame the water for somebody drowning. You can't necessarily blame the vehicle for someone who dies in a car accident. So why is the gun always the one that's on trial? Why isn't the, the person or the action the one that's being looked at? Um, so that was kind of, I, as like a, a big, like an overarching takeaway, I feel like that's sort of the, um, I don't know, that was just sort of how I viewed the way that the video was laid out. It was very much about the emotions and the feelings and not necessarily all of the other things that go into gun violence. Another thing too, and this is something that is never really brought up in the, like the gun debate as, as a whole. So I like numbers and facts and statistics because yes, there's obviously a way that you can manipulate data. And there's even a book called How to Lie with Statistics, which if you've read it, I would highly recommend <laughs> reading it because you'll learn all the ways that we're constantly manipulated with facts and figures, right? It's a daily occurrence. They love to do that. But like, if we take a step back and we look at the big picture, um, overall, if you look at the violent crime rates in the US over the past 25 years, by and large, if you go to the FBI's crime stats website, which the FBI is not my favorite institution that we have, but it's kind of the best database that we have for all of these things. Um, but if you look, or even if you go to the Justice Department's findings, the uh, violent crime has gone down significantly. Now, the murder rate has gone up a little bit in the past couple of years. Part of that is obviously because we're in a pandemic and just like everything is kind of crazy right now. But if you look at the statistics overall, I mean, violent crime, even from like the 70s and 80s, it's, it has dropped drastically. So I, as much as they're saying that it's this like this nation under fire and it's this, you know, it's this increasing pandemic of gun violence, like that's not true. That's not, it's not what the numbers are, are telling us. And the problem is, is that people aren't actually doing a deep dive into those statistics and into that data and what they, or they cherry pick it. So like, oh, look, you know, the murder rate went up, right? Like it might've gone up last year, but if you look at the murder rate from 1990 to 2020, it has been going this way, not this way. So that is a, that, that's kind of like a, uh, it, it irritates me. Like it irritates me that we're not looking at the, like the big picture, right? We're just picking and choosing what we want to fit our narrative versus having a, a larger conversation. Um, and then my other point to that is just how, like, how are we categorizing 
gun violence in America? Like, what does that actually look like? So for me, I kind of break it into like three different categories. So I would say one would be people who are murdered. And that would be, you know, one shooter who shoots, you know, one other, you know, one other person, two other people. Um, suicides, which, you know, that's the conversation that really should be happening because if we're looking at the, the biggest statistic of gun deaths in America, it's suicides by a long shot. Most people who are committing suicides are, you know, they're dying by firearms. So that's really where our, our efforts should be focused if we're trying to decrease the number of gun deaths. But what's funny is that the one that the media loves to focus on is the quote unquote um, mass murderer category, which is from a statistical standpoint, the smallest. I mean, yes, it makes the most impact because you have, you know, multiple people getting shot at one event, but by and large, those are very, very, very rare. The amount of people who die is, is not very large, but it's good clickbait. It is good, uh, you know, headline story coverage. It's kind of this shock and awe thing because people, you know, people are, are drawn into that. They're trying to figure out what was the motive? Why would they do that? What are the reasons that they would, you know, shoot up a grocery store or shoot up their school? So it's, 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 it's really good coverage for the media, right? It's a great way to get people worked up and into a tailspin. But the, I mean, the thing is, is like, that's not, <laughs> that's not where the, where the main shootings are, are, are coming from. That's not where the main gun violence is coming from. Really like we've got to focus on suicides and then murders and then these mass shootings and most of the murders are not random. Like most people who murder, the odds of you getting murdered by someone that you don't know is very small. Yes, you could get hit by a stray bullet. Something crazy could happen. You could be in the wrong place at the wrong time. But for the most part, people kill people that they know. And crimes of proximity are, are a very real thing. You are way more likely to be killed by a lover or you know a spouse or in a family feud versus some Joe Schmo down the street who's just got a gun and is shooting people. Like that's just, that's just the reality of the situation. So I feel like those are the talking points that we should really be focused on in the, the gun debate in America. And if we're, if we're really serious about lowering gun deaths, then the talk has to be about mental health and about suicide because that's who's dying the most by firearm. It's like, I think it's like 60%. It's, it's quite a significant number of, of people who are killed by firearms each year are, are killing themselves. So that's the conversation in my mind that, that should be happening, but it's not. It's focused on things like mass shootings and even like murders. Like let's look at Chicago, right? Like they're killing each other left and right, but no one's even, no one cares. Literally nobody cares. The numbers go up every week and like, oh, you know, like 20 people died in gunfights this weekend, but nothing, like no one cares. Like that's not, it's, it's really like, oh yeah, there's a mass shooting and we need to ban AR-15s. Okay. Why? You know what I mean? So that's kind of my tangent. It's not totally related to the video, but I feel like that would be a much more effective video than no, you hit it on the, you hit the hammer on the head <laughs> because if you paid attention in that one part of the video, when the, the host of the video, he was talking to like the two police officers somebody who did like the community engagement yes. and then the other lady who worked at a college that did the statistic portion 
they made valid points and it was a mayor in yeah. one of those cities also in that talking point not to take away from them they all made valid points but the conversation that they was having about firearms was starting to go outside of the firearm realm right which is everything you just said which i was going to segue into being the mental health right like the one officer said um some of the problems we have with firearms start at home right yeah the mayor actually said in there oh we need to get more father engagement yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm saying so let's let's start right there well let's back it up even further in that video you notice they didn't have a firearm expert or an right. instructor or anybody in there to right. defend the firearm in any type of way pros and cons because everything has a pro and a con to it right. right so now let's look at the home situation okay um why was the home broken up you know what i'm saying everybody's situation is going to be a little different your reason is going to be your reason right. you know but let's talk about this father engagement right so if the parents are separated or whatever the reason may be but both parents are not in the same home with that child. Let's talk about father engagement. Okay, so now let's just happen to say the father wasn't mature enough. Okay, why are we not using positive solutions to keep that father engaged in that child's life? Right. Right, because eventually that engagement is going to turn the father around. Right. right, because it's like a seed. Oh, you're watching what came from you grow, right? And now, hey, I want to be a part of this. I need to help develop this a little bit more. You know, this is interesting, right? But how is it that the father isn't associated with the child in so many ways of less? The court system, right? Yeah. So now when you go to court, and I can speak on this because this happened to me, right? They was trying to ruin me in court Right. And only thing I was asking for was fair treatment for my daughter. Right. right. Don't try to hurt my pockets. Don't try to take away my time. Right. I understand me and the mom are not together. You know what I'm saying? But let's give it, if we're saying this about the kid, let's make it about the kid. Right. Right. Don't put me in a position whereas you having me give all my money to the mom. And now you're going to hold it against me because I can't go see my child now because you ordered me to give all my money to the kid. Right. Now, if I have to get a third job, because I'm already working two jobs, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That's going to be more money that you're going to take away from me and keep me in that same situation. Right. But why does the court want to keep the father out of the way of the kid? Right. Now, the mom might be better already. That's her problem, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But now if the father is not involved, this is, I feel, my personal opinion, why the kid is gonna have issues growing up, the problems in society that we have, yeah. more kids turning to um, street justice, gangs, you know what I'm saying? Running with the wrong crowd, however you wanna word it, yeah. you know? because you don't have the influence of both parents in the house, you know? Yeah. Like I said, luckily for me, 
when I was growing up, my mom and dad divorced, you know, but I wasn't a mama's boy. I was more for my father, but I had the opportunity to live with my father, but my father wanted that engagement with me and my brother. Right. You know, but looking at two parents raise a family, I had the opportunity to live with my grandparents, right? Because I did look at my grandparents as my parents when I was growing up, you know? So that was the advantage that I had. And not everybody's in the same situation. But the structuring of the courts, right? So why hurt the father to benefit the mom? And that's just, like, when you listen to people talk, right? And using the court as a tool, yeah. How is that in the best interest of the child? Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All right. Now, one of the officers actually stated community involvement. You know what I'm saying? I've tried this here in Columbia, um, South Carolina, and I didn't get the blessing. Right. Community involvement. Okay, if I'm known for firearms and I try to partner with the police department and hold something that says, hey, let's talk about firearm safety, but I want the police there with me so people can see, hey, police are on board with this because the same thing that I'm talking about from the military that I discovered on my own doing a gun venture that I know the military, I mean, the police department is using. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's bring in other instructors and make this a community involvement. Right. I got shot down, you know, and it's because people, they didn't want to hear it at that time. Right. But this was before the whole, we're going to take your guns away. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So now if I re-engage it, it might be a little different. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, what, solutions do you have for community involvement because i'm a firm believer in if you take away something what are you opening the door for right you take firearms away what are you opening the door for all right because honestly think about it when you was a kid right how many of y'all had parents that actually said something to you in regards to um don't take no for an answer right if that girl or that guy doesn't want to go out on a date with you figure out a way to win them over, but don't you take no for an answer. You go down with a swinging, you go down swinging with a fight. <laughs> Am I right or wrong? Because <laughs> that's how I was raised. <laughs> yeah, which is also bad in dating life because there's so many creepers out there now who are yeah, like, true. oh, please that's take no, I'm, I'm telling you no, like don't ever contact me. <laughs> yeah, so there's, there has to be that reverb somewhere right. from that. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But and when you look at it from that talking point, now, if the anti side will say, well, what solutions do you have? I'm like, I got a list of friends I can go down <laughs> and point them out to you. Hey, let me um, introduce you to Rockstar, right? Who actually had firsthand encounters of what was going on in her area in association with the government against the people. Right. And let's hear her determination of how a solution can take place. Right. Yeah. Hey, didn't you just mention about parents being in the home 
right? The father engagement. Hey, let me introduce you to my man, Kevin, right here. He got this program that he came up with. He's up in St. Louis. It worked in his area. So let's get a group of people to talk and figure out how we can make this a universal plan across the nation. <laughs> right? Right. Hey, I got this buddy that lives in Jacksonville, Florida, um, who has the company Scorched Earth Firearms Training. Um, let's bring him on the board and sit down and talk with people and talk about firearm techniques that you should be learning in the home, right? How can we put this in a pamphlet? Why are we not having this conversation? Why are we not making TV commercials that are talking positivity like this? Right. You know what I'm saying? Let's have a solution talk. But the top is not doing that. Only thing I'm hearing is take the firearms away. But what are you solving when you do that? Because you're just opening the door for something else to happen. <laughs> you yeah. know? Well, what's funny is like the whole, so I watched, have you seen the movie Lawless? Have you ever watched that? Lawless, Lawless, Lawless. Is that the one with um, the guy who played the dude on Batman with the thing over his face, but they was like back in the 40s and 30s? Um, uh, it's uh, well, I forget that guy's name. Um, it's like a prohibition movie. They're like moonshiners. Yep, yep, I see yeah, that. And yeah, 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 yeah. That's it, we're talking the same way. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So uh, I watched that the other night and I'm not a big movie person. I'd never seen it before. I, I, I just, I don't have the attention span to watch movies. So I, I don't watch a lot of them. But that way I got talked into watching. It was actually good. I enjoyed it. Um, I like kind of like that kind of stuff. But I thought it was interesting because that's during the prohibition era, right? And it's like, um kind of the well what happens if you make something illegal or try to take it away and then you have like the atf coming in and trying to like run the town and like take a cut of this moonshine business and i'm like oh my gosh like the only thing that ever happens when you try prohibition or you try to ban something is it creates this underground market it makes things more dangerous it gives power to a system that is already proven to be corrupt and a lot of people die <laughs> in the process, you know? So it's yes. like, all I see coming out of this whole, like, we're gonna ban firearms. We're gonna like, re you're really gonna take all the guns? Like how, how, first of all, how? Because I'm pretty sure that there are more firearms in America than there are actual citizens in America. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I will never know because you don't have to disclose how many you have. And we don't even, I mean, there are weapons that have been passed down from generation to generation that will never, you know, they're sitting in someone's collection or in their gun safe or in their home and we'll just never know that those exist, which is great. And I don't think the government should have in like that information. Right. But to just say that, you know, we're going to come in and, and take your firearms and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, you're like, that's not even a real, like, that's not even a real thing. Like if it's like a great talking point, but if you literally like go through that list okay cool how many atf agents are you going to need to hire to go through everybody's home how are you going to get permission to enter their house how are you going to confiscate the weapons where are the weapons going to go what are you going to do with them once you have them in your possession mr government agent you know there's like all these things that it's like well we're going to take your guns away it's like no no you're not like that's not that's that's not a reasonable argument to even make because when you start to break it down it completely falls apart um well it falls apart according to the laws that we already have in place right you know but yeah. also remember that over in germany what was the talk about firearms and get rid of firearms and look how it led to their 
civilization. Right. Or even now, look at Australia. They had their whole gun turn-in program in like 96, and now they're under an authoritarian regime. I mean, those people have no way to defend themselves, and they're being basically forced to comply with whatever mandates the government throws at them. So I'm like, uh, no thanks, Mr. Gun Control Advocate. I see what happens when you take away people's guns, and I don't want to live in a society like that. Yeah. So now... We could sit here and say, oh, well, you know, that was uh, World War II, what you're talking about. Right. Okay. Australia, that point that um, Rockstar just brought up, that just took place in the 80s. Right. So now let's talk about what's, what took place in the 2000s. Look what happened in Venezuela. Give up your firearms. You know, the government is going to protect you. And they made it sound good. The people believed it. But you also got to remember the education value isn't like it is, you know, in other parts of the world. So a lot of stuff and tactics they was doing won the people over. But now when the people needed the help from the government, because we don't have food to eat, right? And they're eating their dogs and, you know, catching rats on the side of the street and cooking them, right? But the government was killing the people when they tried to stand up to them after they gave up their firearms, yeah. right? But yeah. if you already noticed, you didn't see too much of that on the news <laughs> right? either. And this was like not even two years ago when this right. took place, you yeah. know? So do your research um, before you actually start, start saying take away because we're going to be safer. You're not going to be safer, right? Um, Another point I wanted to bring up, and it just hit me again when you was talking about the female in the grocery store. Um, and this is going to be a good segue for the, the second talking point. Remember, the female said she was traumatized when she saw somebody get shot. All right. Um, obviously, in that area of Colorado, if you ever been to Colorado, a lot of us living is like free spirited. They don't really have a crime rate. So it's all like, yeah, we just do have fun, live life. <laughs> they don't have to worry about looking over their shoulder, right? But I can't remember where in the country this took place. The guy was a legal CWP holder. It was a shootout in Walmart. Or this guy went to Walmart and just started shooting. The CWP holder ushered people to safety ran back into Walmart, pulled his firearm out, and that gunman shot him. You know what I'm saying? So think about that. But do you have anything else you want to say about that ABC um, video? No, I mean, I think everybody should just watch it just because that is that is going to be the ongoing argument that we're up against, right? Yeah. And then figuring out um, ways to basically pick apart what they're saying and to find ways to counter argue their arguments, right? Because the, the biggest thing you can do is be well-versed in the second amendment and why our gun rights matter and be able to go against the kind of these like narratives and stories that are being promoted by a lot of the mainstream sources and be like, but what you're saying isn't accurate according to these facts and statistics. So do a deep dive. I mean, like know the numbers, know, know what group is dying the most by firearms. Like know that suicides are the number one 
firearm death. Like that's a real thing. And know that murders are most likely by people that you know. Know that mass shootings make up a teeny tiny percentage of the amount of gun deaths in America, and yet those are getting the most amount of attention. So realize kind of their tactics and their manipulations and their way of arguing the gun confiscation debate and counter that and say, you know what? I've seen what happens when you take guns away. I have the statistics to say that we're not in this crazy gun pandemic and that violent crime is actually decreasing and just have those in your back pocket so that when you're facing those arguments and those you know, people who are, who are anti-gun, like, no, like, let me educate you. Like, let me give you the stats and statistics that I have. And if, you know, if they have other numbers and figures, like by all means, feel free to look those up and fact check them and all those things, but at least have something in your arsenal that when you come across that, you're prepared to actually give a, an educated response to them. Yep. Facts. Give facts. <laughs> Don't talk myths. Give facts. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's, double, let's jump into another commercial break and come back and let's hit up these last two talking points. And um, like I said, I think it's going to get interesting even a little bit more you know, diving into this conversation a little bit deeper. So if you will, please go ahead and top off those drinks. If you need to use the restroom, this is your time. But here are a few words from our sponsors. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high-quality Herman Oak leather, Securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer Bolteron shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic Holster is available in four different models, fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your relic today at jm4tactical.com. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm gonna be, come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. All right, good people, we're back at it again. And thank you for sitting through that commercial break. And I didn't say it last time, but I'll say it again this time. Hit up the sponsors and let them know that you heard about their product on the M-W Tactical Podcast. 
And one thing I failed to mention in our last talking point, when we were talking about that interview off of ABC was um, one of the solutions I wanted to bring up, talking about it from a mental health standpoint, you notice one of the commercials was Walk the Talk America, and that is what they do. They come forth with solutions from the mental aspect associated with people with firearms. So hit up Walk the Talk America and see what all they have to offer. And once again, that's another solution that we're talking about coming forth with this gun discussion that we are having. Yeah. And they're great. Those, I mean, I love what they're doing. And I think that's such an important, I mean, mental health in general in America. And I would, you know, I would also just say like within the black community, it's a very, it's still very stigmatized and kind of breaking down those barriers and being like, no, like it's okay to talk to somebody. It's okay if you're having feelings of overwhelm and depression and anxiety and sadness and all the things that come with being a human, right? And just being okay with not being okay so that you can find the solution to get back to normal. Yeah. So basically what you're doing is, in a nutshell, you're attacking the problem before it becomes a problem and an issue for other people. Yes, absolutely. And that's such a, that's, I feel like in America in general, we're very much like, oh, I don't, I can do this. I don't need help. But it's, if you do, it's, it's okay if you do. Right. Yeah. So hit up Walk the Talk America and look at some of the solutions that are smaller than the gun talk conversation that we're talking about. But that same company can attack the bigger problems that we're discussing across the nation as well. Yeah. You know, so let's go ahead and take the conversation to um, protection orders before we jump into when to pull out of the holster. All right. Um, I knew somebody who ended up getting a protection order against somebody, but it was a male getting a protection order against the female. And it was a stalking situation. So I vaguely remember it because this was back in... 99 2000 but i do know we used to joke him at work that he got a protection order against the female (laughs) you know now being a little bit older i realized the importance of why he did that from a legal standpoint you know um now of course when you hear of celebrities having issues with their significant other or the person they was dating one of the things you always hear them say is oh they got a protection order against somebody and you can't come within 100 feet of them well if i'm an actor you're an actress um that's going to affect my job now especially if we're working on the same set (laughs) you know so one of us can't do our job (laughs) how are we going to figure this out so um do you have any any association, knowledge, references, stories in regards to protection orders? Yeah, so actually, um, this guy that I know <laughs> fairly well, um, he actually is going through a really nasty divorce right now, and his wife has filed a protection order against him. And I don't know all the details. I only know his side of the story, obviously, because I, I don't, I know her, but I don't know her. Um, yeah. And there is 
mm, a pretty nasty like custody battle and assets and money and all of the things that go into like a high profile divorce, I suppose. So I don't know all of the, like the ins and outs of it, but he's not allowed to go into their home. He can't go into their residence if she's there. Um, they have to work out like, they could only be in contact if they're dropping off the kids. Um, it's it's not good, I don't think. I, I mean, it's, it's maybe it's needed. I don't know. I like I there's a chance he is like going off the deep end going through this divorce. I don't haven't talked to him in a couple of months. So I'm not sure how he's doing or what's kind of going on. But um, I also know that divorces can get really ugly and really nasty very quickly. So it's hard to, it's basically just speculation on my end, like what's actually happening. I don't know side of the story it's just sort of things that i've seen and read and um wisconsin has this really cool <laughs> thing called ccap it's the wisconsin it's the circuit court access page so you can put in somebody's name and look up all their um pending court cases oh wow <laughs> well, it is public knowledge right oh it is a public record i ccap all the guys that i date i'm like oh what have you what, what crimes have you committed <laughs> <laughs> well one thing um about protection orders, I think a lot of people probably abuse it because it can ruin you in your, your work regards. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So what if you are a police officer and now your wife or husband files to have a protection order against you? You can't do your job if you have a protection order, depending on what state you live in also. Right. Right, because from what I understand is some places um, remove any firearms that you might have. You know, um, if you're in the military, I don't know how this will work because I never had to deal with it. But just thinking about it, if that's the case, uh, you can't do your job. So what do you do? <laughs> you know, Um but I'm just curious about that. And I actually, I was reading an article about protection orders and the article was friendly. It was in one of the magazines that I got in the mail. It might've been under the USCCA magazine that I get, but it was a positive article, but I didn't finish it though. I was only not even halfway through it. And it does make sense. You know, of course, if a male and a female were to break up, regardless of their status in the relationship, now the female is by herself and it could have been a nasty breakup or she could have been living in a bad area. Yeah, it does make sense. Like, hey, female, get trained um, because you're not physically strong to defend yourself like a man will be able to like in a physical fight. So therefore, the firearm evens out the battlefield. All right. Um, yeah, by all means, do it, do it, do it. But I'm a firm believer that a lot of females actually use the legal system as a tool to hurt the other person because they're hurt for whatever reason. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's kind of what I think might be going on in this instance. I mean, hmm. I don't, I don't know. Cause I don't, 
you know, I don't know her side of the story, but I also think that there's a chance that someone's being vindictive and, you know, trying to ruin someone else's life because people get hurt and then they want to avenge themselves and they want to avenge the situation. And like, how do you, how do you do that? Um, especially I think from like a female standpoint, like, well, you're not going to beat them physically, right? Like there's right. going to happen. So, well, I'll just beat him up with the legal system and make him pay a bunch of money or make sure that he can't get hired in the future. Cause they'll have all these charges against him and which is petty. Um, but I well, think that, yeah, it's, it's petty, but you're hurting the kid more if there's kids involved more than anything by doing something like that, because now if he can't pay the child support it's more burden on you to raise the kid because <laughs> he can't financially contribute right and if he like for instance i know somebody but the guy he only pays 105 bucks a month for child support um but i don't know what he does for a living yeah. Is, that, is that suitable for because I, I honestly think in all regards child support should be no more than five hundred dollars a month right if you ask me this right here is what i think the solution should be five hundred dollars a month both parents must maintain a way of um legal employment both parents should be able to show that they don't need any type of assistance to live right no roommates um you might work two or three jobs okay cool but you're showing that you have a feasible way of living right and um at the end of the day now the courts will arrange it whereas it kind of forces you to interact with each other for the betterment of that child the same thing we talked about before the commercial break <laughs> with the court system you know um now, with that being said, is a protection order needed in a situation like that? Because what if you don't talk to the, um, the mom or the dad, right? The only time I feel if your relation, if the relationship between the parents can't be cordial, the only conversations that should take place is in regards to the kid. Don't ask, how's your day? Don't do no small talk. Okay, this is what the child has going on, X, Y, and Z. All right, I'll be there to pick the child up this day, this time, bringing them back this day, this time. No further conversation. So if that's violated and a protection order is looked at, seeked after, however you want to word it, um, how does that play a part into it? Now, if you're very knowledgeable on protection orders, please email us at info at m-wtactical.com. Leave your phone number and we will call you on the show so you can talk to us about protection order and give the knowledge base to the good people that are listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. You know, so I think that's a good way to push into the when to come out of the holster mm -hmm. in one regard. <laughs> in one regard <laughs> all right so now um when to come out of the holster 
I was downtown Columbia, Charlotte, or Atlanta. I can't remember exactly where. Um, seeing this encounter between two people um, verbally going at it. And of course, you know, normally when you see two people going at it like that, what people normally do? Stop, pull out the cell phones. Yeah. <laughs> World star. <laughs> you know. Going live right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're about to make you Insta famous. <laughs> <laughs> so when I seen this, um, me and my buddy, I told him like, yo man, keep walking like that. And you know, he's all interested in it. And I'm like, keep walking, man. I ain't got nothing to do with you. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Your business. <laughs> yeah, that's my business. Let's let's get to a safe place. And then if you want to watch it and if you want to contribute in any type of way, you know, now if they ask for statements, do do your part. But let's get out of here. Let's get out of harm's way. And it was only because that night I was recognized a couple of times. So because of what I do, I can't be associated with anything like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So um we hurry up and got out of harm's way. And going down the street, when he was talking about it, we both looked back and they were still doing the verbal thing. And I saw the guy pull a firearm out. I don't know if he was a CWP holder or not, but we kept walking to get out of harm's way. Now, the question is, if you are a legal CWP holder, when do you come out of the holster? right i believe that a lot of people who do not train with their firearm or the situation said be because you know anytime you train a lot of stuff is hypothetical and scenario based just to better prepare you for the what if moment if that happens a lot of people in that moment will pull out that firearm and use it as a scare tactic now doing that you know you just created um a violation of the law and most places call it felony menacing meaning that you have your hands on a firearm communicating a threat all right um a lot of places have it whereas you have to retreat before you can defend your life Right. And then you have your other places that are stand your ground. If you have a right to be there, you have a right to defend yourself, you know. So where's the sweet median if you're traveling or whatever the case may be and you're not familiar with the laws in that state? You know, now, of course, you always hear people say, oh, if the person does this, they charging at you, you can pull out. And I think a lot of people don't understand how fast movement is, you know? Um, and I've done this demonstration a couple times to prove it to people. You think 20 feet away from you is a large length path, right? Until the person starts running on you because somebody 21 feet away <laughs> can be on top of you within a second and a half. And yeah. that's somebody who is not in good shape. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So um, when do you come out of the holster? Um, how do you come out of the holster? You know what I'm saying? There's techniques and ways you can come out of the holster 
and people don't even realize you've done it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you're more prepared for that situation if if it allows for that time to happen. Yeah. But um, how do you perceive that far as the training aspect into a real world situation? Because I don't know if you ever had to pull a firearm out on somebody or not. No, I haven't, thankfully. Um, right. I've been in a crossfire situation. I was at a festival when I was... Sure, you was in a couple of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's wrong, wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. <laughs> Story of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was... It, um, so where I live now, I, I actually own a, the house that I live in right now. Um, the street is called locust street they have a a block party every year um it's usually like in june and it's you know there's a bunch of bars there so they block off the street and they have live music and they have um you know there's like a bunch it's cool there's a bunch of stuff going on it's like a pretty chill event but this was like god this had to have been like 2010 2011 maybe and um, I was there with my friend Will. I was in a band at the time. So I was, you know, I knew a bunch of the different bands that were playing and we were just standing like drinking a beer and it was just like a beautiful afternoon, just like at this little block fest, block party festival. And these two kids, they were, I mean, and they were kids. They were, well, they were, they were teenagers, but they, you know, they were young and they came up to this guy and they shot him in the hip and mm. then they ran and the case, the bullet casing hit my foot. And Will and I like ran into this, this bar closed now, but we like ran into this bar. It was like really weird, like pandemonium kind of like slow. It was like slow motion, you know, but these kids, I just like, they were in blue jeans, these like big white baggy t-shirts. And then they ran down the alley and, you know, then like later, like reading the news article about it, it was, they were like 15. They were like just kids. And the guy that they shot had pissed him off earlier about who knows what, like it was like some stupid altercation. And it's exactly like what we're talking about. Like, it's like, this is why, you know, like you need to know like who's using a firearm and how they're using it. And like, why are we letting these like little punk kids run the street? Like all this stuff, right? Like I totally get that, but um, it's like a real thing. It happens, I've, I've lived through that. And to <laughs> to kind of experience that firsthand is is really, interesting and I mean they they snuck up from behind like the guy didn't see them coming like he didn't know he was going to get shot and I don't think anybody in the crowd knew that they were they were going to shoot him so like there wasn't any way to even stop the the indication because the association with the crowd and people walking and bumping into each other was masked yeah with the whole ambush yeah 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 Yeah. so it was just a very kind of surreal um circumstance to be in but in that case it's like yeah like who like you you didn't have time to stop and react you know and then by the time those kids shot them they were running down the alley so you couldn't shoot them when they were leaving you know what I mean and they weren't at that point they weren't they were running away so they weren't an active threat technically so um I do think that there is this whole like tough guy mentality tough girl mentality and people don't realize that like brandishing a weapon like in my mind and this is just like I guess personal ethos like something that I stand by it's like I don't ever plan on pulling my weapon on somebody unless I actually intend to use it 
Like at, at that point, like I am, if I'm drawing from my holster, it's because I am ready to stop a threat. Like I'm ready to shoot and like use that, you know, use that force. Um, I know that's not the case for a lot of people. A lot of people <clears throat> will try to brandish a weapon to say like, hey, like, look at me, like, you know, don't mess with me. Right. But that's, right. that has implications. Like you, that's, that's a threat. Like you can't just show your firearm in a manner that's like, you know, bringing it out of the holster or like waving it around. Like that's, that's dangerous. So um, I try to, I'm big on creating space. If I see something that's threatening, if I, if I, if I feel like I'm being encroached on, like, I'm always like, I'm backing up, I'm creating space. I'm, you know, I'm saying like, get away. Um, Cause I want, like, I want that to be my last line of defense. I don't want to have to be in that situation. So that's kind of my take on it, I guess. Yeah. Which makes sense. And, um, and even when you turn around and you look at it, I had a shootout at my house back in 2017 when I retired. So of course I retired from the army January of 2017, had to shoot out at my house, December of 2017. And it was because of, um, the scenario of my perimeter change, right? The expedition that sits in front of my house, I had it in the shop and it was in the shop for like two weeks. And of course they don't see the expedition there. Oh, nobody's home, <laughs> right? So the guy knocked on the door when he opened the door and started this big guy, like looked like he should be playing football, like as a running back, um, asking about this little chihuahua-sized puppy. I'm like, man, get out of here. I already saw the setup on that through the conversation. So I just slammed the door shut and locked it. And when he walked back to the car, um, that's when uh, he shot at the house. <laughs> You know, and of course, you know, you shot at me, I'm shooting back. <laughs> That's how it goes, you know. So you give it to me, whatever you give to me, I'm going to give it back to you. Right. right? And um, that that's my mindset. But look at what my job was to have that mindset. But how many people actually have that mindset overall? Right. But of course, when I shot back, I was shooting back with an AR-15, not a handgun. Right. You know. Now, let's say that same thing, conversation changed a little bit out in public and ego was hurt. Now you walk away, you go to the car, you get the firearm, you shoot at me, I shoot back. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Now there's not a barrier between us, like a door or whatever the case may be. It's just there. Um, when you come out of the holster, when you see him, grab the firearm and turn towards you or when he's pointing at you i mean do they get that like detailed in court you know but what's justified in your mind that you when you felt your life was in danger right yeah you know? so that's the the real question <laughs> yeah right yeah. and i feel like that and that's what's so hard because it is going to be different in every situation right and that's yeah. That's why I feel like we can't have these one size fits all gun laws that just blanket everybody because every situation is going to be different. And well, I think what it is, is the law covers the base of humanity. Right. Right. And how we should look at it as being safe. But just remember, anytime you go to court, if it's not really covered in law, now that new court case is the director for moving forward. Because, you know, the lawyer, we're going to use the case of Rockstar versus the state 
as the preliminary defense as why you should do this and you know what i'm saying um i think that's pretty interesting though when you turn around and you look at it from that standpoint um there's another video that i came across and i've used this as a demonstration a couple times the i don't know it was some type of restaurant you order your food at the um, the counter they make you it might have been a pizza place because okay. uh, the way the camera angle was i really couldn't tell what type of um, business it was but i know the cash register was right here it was a long window on the side but when the people came into the store the four to five people that were customers um the first guy came in and ran straight to the back like and you could see him telling the cashiers and everything back up another guy walks in didn't even have a firearm on him just held his hand up and told everybody get up against the wall <laughs> and then he went to go help his buddy and his buddy only thing his buddy kept saying is where's the money where's the money where's the money and then um one of the customers had a firearm on him but the guy who was doing the robbing, he had a hunting rifle on him and it was bolt action, right? And I was like, okay, the closeness of that situation, that handgun would have won that firefight all day. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But the guy with the firearm didn't start shooting at the bad guys until they was leaving the perimeter. But of course, when he was shooting, he put like um, 12 shots not certain if he hit the two people, but I know he destroyed that windshield and probably hit like three other cars <laughs> that was in that parking lot. Right. You know what I'm saying? But um, looking at that video, I think he was guilty. And if I can find that again, I'll send that to you as well so you can see it. Yeah. Right. But um, interesting, which obviously sums it up to get training Seek somebody out in your area who's a reputable instructor. Yeah. Get the training so you can understand the laws and your capabilities when and if you have to defend your life. And have insurance. That's yeah, you need that insurance. You need yeah. insurance. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so USCCA. And um, if you don't know, this this right here was a conversation I had with... Um, it was either Hustle Queen or Trill Toya. And we was talking about um, USCCA insurance. And this was a couple of years ago, maybe three or four years ago. And when I was talking with them, one of the two, whichever one it was, they heard about it, but they really didn't understand it. And our conversation, you know, I just educated them. Okay, look, this is how I look at it. And this is the reason why I did this. And even if you're like financially strapped and you don't feel like you can handle whatever it was, 40 bucks a month, um, they have a plan that's nine bucks, 10 bucks a month. For real? I was like, yeah, you get the same thing. You just don't get as much money in the defense form of the $40 a month, <laughs> you know, but be responsible because eventually that's going to help you out in the event you know, you were in some form of a shootout or whatever the case may be. So you're not dealing with it all on yourself on a mental aspect of it, you know, but there, there are like other companies, but I'm just familiar with USCCA because that's who I use, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, not jumping to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
but train, 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 train. Um, you need the training. And just because you have a CWP and you don't train and you have a firearm and you don't train, that doesn't mean you have the magical powers that you think you'll be able to do what you think you can do. Right. right? Because if you seek out a reputable instructor, that instructor should prove to you about shooting a moving target and you'll realize how fast you will miss a moving target if you don't train, <laughs> especially if you don't know the mathematical equation of what you need to do to hit a moving target, whether um, running, not running away, but side to side movement and moving at you because distances change the, um, the functionalities of that front sight post. Yeah, you know, right. So, so just true. think about it. Um, you have anything else you want to talk about for this week? Um, no, I feel like we covered a lot of stuff. Oh yeah, I mean, I think we covered up so much that um, I'm a little hungry right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep, got my appetite back. <laughs> Let's get it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you got any big plans for the weekend? What am I doing? I'm going to a wedding tomorrow. That'll be fun. Oh, you're catching a bouquet? No, I caught a bouquet once and then- Ooh, you got bad luck. <laughs> I know, I was like, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, the last time I caught a bouquet, I started dating a guy that I thought I was going to marry and then mm. it like ended in like a fiasco. So I'm like, I don't even want to try to catch the bouquet. <laughs> oh, man. My mom's second wedding, my aunt caught the bouquet and then three years later, she got married. So nice. I was like, damn, maybe that is real. <laughs> then um, <laughs> one of my buddies in the military, he got married, and when they threw the bouquet, it was like all of us parted like the Red Sea, and that joker just hit the ground. <laughs> like mm, nobody touching that. <laughs> like forget that one. So um, I'm excited to wear my dress. I'm really, I have this really pretty dress that I'm like. Um, all the girls are kind of wearing like long gowns, and I'm like, I haven't gotten to dress up in like fancy in a long time. So. And it still fits. I'm like, I bought this before like COVID. I'm like, I hope this still fits. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure you're going to figure out a way to make it work. Right. So, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So for me, um, I'm going to try to shoot a match this weekend. Oh, nice. Depending on the weather. Right. You know, yeah, this weather has been kind of iffy. <laughs> but then you also got to remember, too, February is the coldest month of the year, of the year, even though a lot of people think January is. It's actually February, <laughs> you know, depending on where you are also. So, so I'm going to play it by ear, make that determination like Wednesday or Thursday if I'm going to shoot a match this weekend or not, because I do not want to go out there and get sick and then get around a little sister, even though she got me sick, you know, <laughs> and be like, ha-ha, payback, little girl. What you, what you think right. about that? <laughs> you know, so, um, but yeah, so that's it for this week's show. And just make sure everybody go ahead and hit up the YouTube channel, the M-W Tactical YouTube channel. Give us a follow there. Facebook, give us a follow there. Instagram, follow us there also. Pinterest, TikTok, and LinkedIn, give us a follow on those um, locations also. But please do a search for at M underscore W Tactical and then just like everything that we do. But just make, don't forget also and remember that we're doing the 1,000 sub giveaway once we get a thousand subscribers to the M-W Tactical YouTube channel. And if you want to follow Rockstar and start a conversation with her, you can do so at. You can find me on Instagram at Rockstar Burst, B-E-R-S-T. 
hey, you have it. And of course, I'm surprised she didn't say it this time. You know, that's my favorite platform I do the most engagements on. (laughs) Yeah, that's it right there. So, all right, good people. So until next week, keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun. Y'all take care now.